0: raised by the wolves, I was raised by
1: the
2: wolves, I was raised by, was raised by the wolves, by... By the wolves. Cutting it short, he's aggressive tonight folks, oh, Sandy oh what is this, <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing to me?
3: Drink it in. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. What a beautiful <laughs> view, Mr. Burgundy. I know. I love this city. It's a, it's a fact. It's the greatest city in the history of mankind. <laughs> <laughs> Discovered by the Germans in 1904, <laughs> they named it San Diego, which, of course, in German means a whale's vagina. Hmm. <laughs> No, there's no way that's correct. <coughs> I'm sorry, I was trying to impress you. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what it means. <laughs> I'll be honest, I don't think anyone knows what it means anymore. Scholars maintain that the translation was lost hundreds of years ago. It, doesn't it mean Saint Diego? No. No, no that's, that's what it means really well agree to disagree <laughs>
1: all right folks we are back with the san diego edition of the red and white podcast <clears throat> i'm your host evan here with will will can you name that movie
2: well that would be anchorman <laughs> and i'm embarrassed for the for the folks that i started talking over that beautiful piece of audio <laughs> not knowing as uh evan dropped that on me cold um <laughs>
1: I love that that's my actually my fantasy football team names for like the last decade has been german for whale vagina i love it <laughs> <laughs> great movie
2: uh oh my
1: some housekeeping before we get going first of all congratulations will got married this past weekend thank you hope everything went well as planned
2: Weather? it was stuff. a uh smashing success Um, People genuinely seem to think it was a great, great wedding. The food blew people away, which was my plan all along. So, uh, yeah, it went went great.
1: Awesome. Secondly, the podcast hit a milestone the other day, and I shared it. I'm not sure how many people saw it. Something I'm proud of. I didn't think we'd ever get here, but half a million downloads in... I don't know, six years, something like that. And audience keeps growing. So, as always, I appreciate everybody who's listening, supports us, shares us, all that stuff. You know, people leaving us reviews and things. 500,000, man. I just... I I didn't even notice. I just went to upload another episode. I was like, holy crap. And, yeah. So, Will, thanks for being part of that.
2: Yeah. um, uh, Just like the fans, I found out on Twitter as well. And... (laughs) And maybe would not have even known if I hadn't been active that day. Uh, fear, fear swiping with coaching searches and wedding stress galore that day. But uh, not gonna lie, tooted our horn quite a bit this weekend about it. Oh yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. It's it's. Um, I was just I was, I was shocked, and something that I'm I'm happy to share with everybody. You know, people keep, like to keep their numbers quiet, or whatever, but yeah, I don't care. Like, let's talk about it. <clears throat> it's i'm proud of it it's something we've done when dustin and i started this thing way back never could have imagined the audience that we have built and created and the people that support us and you know all that stuff man it's it's awesome it's it's probably the best part of my day is working on it you know creating podcasts writing things talking to people.
2: outside of family obligations
1: no even inside of family obligations
2: well, I will say, Evan, um, according to my mom, we'd have more subscribers if I did not curse as much because she cannot comfortably recommend this podcast to friends. <laughs> we don't curse that much. <laughs> kids she said I to have it. to stop using the F-bomb. It's not good radio. <laughs> <laughs> I need
1: a bleep button. Say mom. Yeah, I, told <laughs>
2: my, I told my mom, I said, we don't have time to edit and post. So. Yeah, right. You know yeah. that takes a lot. Of, from... It takes
1: a lot of work to go through and edit all that stuff as it is. <laughs> you yeah.
2: if if we ever start an nil company, we'll have to clean it up on here, I guess. Ooh, teaser, teaser, bam! That's how that's how you get the listeners.
1: <laughs> yeah, we got more coming soon on that one. But state accepted the bid to the Holiday Bowl in San Diego, where we will face UCLA, and maybe or maybe not coached by Chip Kelly coaching carousel all this off season has been insane uh, it's been a straight wild but that just the i know people are disappointed that we got the holiday bowl as opposed to the Its bowl in orlando but to be honest it's the better bowl it's a better payout it's nationally broadcast on fox so everybody's gonna get this game it's got a lot of benefits to that the other bowls don't and i think those two are the biggest and it's a, i mean if you're a football player there's a lot out in san diego they've already been talking about dave was talking about his presser this is going to the san diego zoo and to sea world and all these other places i know I have, oh. they have a lot of stuff in orlando but um
2: <laughs> sea world i mean Come on, Dave. Watch a Netflix special, man. Whatever. Yeah, can't, yeah don't. Can't don't, be don't taking kids real. to watch these whales. <laughs> don't start. Um, I thought you were gonna say, you know, introduce them to Phillips. Eighteen thousand kids out there. They're in Alabama. Um, I uh, do they not still have their home in San Diego though?
1: No, they bounced.
2: Oh, okay. Well, I figured I figured he would still go back there in the off season. I guess I did not follow my Rivers stuff. Well, maybe they will take him to the home a former home of Philip Rivers. <laughs> And remind people that, you know, good players have also come here. Um, you know, maybe he'll stop by um, Stanford while they're dicking around at airports and, and see if David Shaw wants to be an analyst on his staff. I don't know. Um, I think it's great. You know, honestly, I'm tired of, like, the East Coast Florida Bulls in particular. Um, who's who's Clemson playing in the cheese it Iowa State. Yeah. Ugh. That's not a team I really want to play, especially because they're seven and five. So beating them wouldn't really do much for the brand. I think um, I think playing UCLA would be kind of great. We've hey, we've beaten Pac-12 teams under uh, Dave Doran, so I feel better right away from that. Um, good opportunity to kind of showcase the brand out there. Um, good venue, you know, good place to travel to. I mean, a lot of these kids, who knows if they'll win the next time they'll get to go to the West Coast? As a lot of them are. From the East Coast or from Florida or from Georgia. You know, nothing really unique there. So, I think it's a great location. It's going to suck for a lot of fans. And I get the complaining. There are ways to kind of hack your way around this trip and try to make it a little bit more affordable. But, you know, uh, I would bet most of us are not going to fly out there unless they're flying solo or with two people. I think it's going to be hard for anyone that's got a family that would want to go out there if they weren't already for the holidays.
1: Yeah, you know, I looked into it. I debated it, um, and when I first looked, the price of the flight was 447 Had I known it was going to skyrocket to over $1,000, uh, I probably would have booked it right then, and just to F it. Um, but it's, uh, it's not an easy turnaround, so I don't know. I'm sure people will go. It'll be a good time. But, yeah, I don't know. It, it's hard to get to, but it's still the better bowl for... I think for the team and all that stuff.
2: I think it'll be good to see what it's like on Fox too. You know, if the ACC ever gets its stuff together and either renegotiates their deal or the Alliance somehow, um, gets more Fox broadcasts for the ACC. Everyone always talks about the Fox prod, um, national broadcast and the quality of it being a little bit better. And I'd be interesting to kind of see how that goes, but I don't know. I mean, it seems like it's a team that kind of matches up relatively well with what we do um i still am nervous about facing chip kelly if he's still there um maybe we'll get lucky and he'll go to oregon and then Mm -hmm. that will continue our trend of when we play pac 12 teams their coaches are fired or left already um but yeah i I think it's the only thing that would have been better would have been us playing oregon though now mario cristobal's left there but i actually thought we matched up pretty well with oregon based on what they do on their offense and I assume like Thibodeau and those guys wouldn't have been playing, but uh, yeah, I'll take UCLA.
1: Yeah, it's a it, it's a good game. It's a good matchup against a brand. It's it's not as many people have pointed out. It's not an SEC school, so we have a good chance of winning. But I think UCLA. We match up with UCLA. They try to run the ball. Chip Kelly does some interesting things. They do have uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson, and we'll get into the matchup later on. But just the the ball game overall it's good it's a good result it's a opportunity for 10 wins and i think when you're when you're nc state i the 10 wins is probably more important than anything else you know i i don't typically care about and this is maybe maybe change over the years i don't typically care about the bowls that much anymore what i care about is you know can we get that 10th win because that is better for the brand and perception and moving into next year. You know, if you have 10 wins, you win a bowl game against a a brand name school. It gives you a lot of the hype that you need going into the off season for, you know, it helps recruiting. It helps, it helps everything. You know, the bowls are so weird with players and sitting out and coaches leaving and all that stuff. It's hard to really care about, you know, that part of it. But for me, it's important for state to win this game. Right? I think that it really helps the program. If you can say, Hey, you know, we went out and beat a, you know, Pac-12 team and it just got, got your 10th win and just did the things you need to do. And it bodes well for us, given that, you know, the theme around the team is we're going to run it back. And, you know, I would assume that everybody coming back who's healthy is going to play, and not going to sit out, you know, we don't, We aren't going to be in that situation. Typically, I'd like to see, use the bowl games as, you know, live practice for some guys. You know, some guys you're going to see next year, you know, maybe offensively and things like that. But the 10th win is is really important for this program at this point where it is. What is your take on the bowls right now?
2: I'm kind of the same with you, man. Well, one, I'm, I'm just tired of bowls in general. Um, I think forty-two ridiculous. bowl games, <laughs> forty-two bowl games. Yeah, it's. I, I mean, I think bowls. I here's the thing: like the ACC, the ACC and others could all set up basically guaranteed postseason matchups, and the result, aside from you know the playoff-bound teams, would be exactly the same. Like I know people put precedence over new year's new year's six games and things like that but frankly they all don't mean anything um yeah no one in no one ever goes back and talks about dave's great wins over vanderbilt or who did we play at that one bitcoin bowl is that usf i don't even remember this is my point no one remembers when you beat (laughs) arizona state and their coach had just been fired like it just doesn't matter. And half these guys, there's going to be so many vacancies, you know, because of the, what, like 30 job openings right now, anyways, um, that it's, they're not really meaningful anymore. And so, I mean, I would love for the bowl system in general to die. I think that conferences should just set up cross conference rivalries uh, or just say, hey, the fifth place team gonna play here here and whoever the higher ranked one is according to whatever they're gonna host the game you got a month to prepare i'm sure the schools can figure it out they only do it eight plus times a year anyways um there's no point in traveling to shreveport like why the acc subjects teams to going to shreveport or el paso or wherever like it's it's kind of nonsense to me um All this in order to give people, like, a couple hundred dollars of merchandise from Belk? Like, it's stupid. So I I hate bowls. Just give me regular football games where the schools host them. They split the revenues. There would be more money for them that way. Their networks could just take all the money. You could cut this nonsense bowl crap out. That's how I would run things. Um, So I don't care about bowls. I just want to get ten wins. So that in the future, I can say, yeah, we said they're going to be 10-2 and and they're 10-3. That, that's <laughs> what I want more than anything. You know, um, it's,
1: um to me, I, I don't know, like, I completely lost my train of thought where I was
2: going to go with that one. I blew your mind with those yeah. concepts, you know. <clears throat> I don't know. There's really not much to really gain. Like you said, maybe you'll get to see younger guys play. But, like, watching younger guys play against Texas A&M a few years ago didn't do us any good. Told us that the team was going to suck. You know? So, like, there was some good there, I guess. Uh, You know, the Kentucky game, right? Like, you're missing all those players. You've got opt-outs, injuries. You know, the only thing you could have taken away from the Kentucky game last year was, hey, this defense looks pretty good. But Kentucky was also one-dimensional, right? Then they had issues with coaches and things like that. So, you know, to me, I would much rather the teams all get together and kind of just prearrange this stuff unless you're going to be in the playoffs. And then, you know, you could easily figure this out. You got a month to figure it out. I just think there's a better way to do it.
1: Yeah, what I was going to say was I know some people use, hey, but they made a bowl game as – you know, a six success metric. And I've been on, been on record for the longest time saying that that is not something that I think is, it shouldn't be coming to account, right? It shouldn't be, Hey, they made a bowl game. That shouldn't be in a validation that you're doing a good job because there's 42 freaking bowl games. That means 84 teams are making bowl games. And I think that is, ridiculous so if anybody ever uses that that hey you know so and so is doing a good job They've, you know this is their sixth straight bowl like, it doesn't mean anything it just means you're average so hey, that's where i was gonna go with that i heard somebody say that other day and i don't even re- remember if it was in regards to dave or somebody else and i'm just like that's just not that's not the thing i care about that's not just a, that's not a metric for me you know, so yeah, I think don't, don't get caught n- up in that.
2: I think nine or ten win seasons is a more important metric, personally. Yeah. Um, I think getting consistent, consensusly well-rated consensus uh, recruiting rankings are important. Factoring in transfers, things like that. Like I, I just don't care. I mean, I mean the ball game. It just it, for most people, it just really doesn't matter. And there's like you said, there's so many of them. Like when you see like an f i u in Toledo or someone playing, you're like, who? other than betting you know degenerates like no one really likes those games it's they they exist for office pools at yeah place. I mean, I like
1: it for just for the fact that I'm a football junkie, but they don't yeah. mean anything to me I'm just, you know I'm gonna watch them for entertainment value and whatever else, but yeah anyway it's it's a good matchup for us. it's a good bowl game I think it's a it'll be a good trip.
2: You mentioned the payout. Is that um, I can't remember? Does the does the conference pool yeah. all the money? Right? Yeah. Okay. And then if they were really cutthroat, they would only give it to the teams that went to bowls. That's that's how I would do it if I was the ACC.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <I
2: can't laughs> like I you aren't performing well, get in, there. Right. get out of here.
1: Right? Yeah. I mean, why are you benefit? Why is why are we letting uh, Duke? You know. Get some of our money. I
2: don't know. So that they can get Tony Elliott. This is a trade, okay? We're try- <laughs> we gotta incentivize them to hire uh, a Clemson coordinator. How? You know what? Yeah. That's this. This just proves James Henderson's point. Why would a Clemson coordinator want to go coach at Duke? It's because all you gotta do is have a pulse in that program, and you'll be there forever. Cash and checks. Or getting fired like Mario, or not Mario, yeah. Manny. The Manny I get, thing. I is, don't get Tony Elliott there, but that's.
1: Yeah, I don't either. They need, and I know he hasn't torn it up at Charlotte, but they need somebody like Healy, or they need somebody that's going to run a triple option, or just bring something different to the table. And do you get that with Tony Elliott, or you just get more Cutcliffe?
2: I yeah. yeah, I mean, because honestly, like, his offense sure hasn't been impressive this year. He's got way better talent at Clemson than he does at Duke. So, uh, would it, I don't know. Wouldn't you rather make a run at, like, Willie Fritz or Jeff Munkin? Yeah, I would Jamie definitely. Jamie Chadwell? You know, someone who's, like, shown that they can make something yeah. out of nothing?
1: I would definitely go one of the Bonkins triple option. I mean, Duke. I know what Cutcliffe did, whatever, but I don't think that's sustainable. I think if you're a Duke or, you know, even Wake Forest is doing it by being different, right? This kind of fades into what I wanted to talk about with, um, you know, being offensively different. I I heard something from, I'm going to play this clip from, Cover 3 pod, I don't remember which one it was, but they're talking about Iowa, and yeah, it really, don't do you know what I'm talking
2: about? Yeah, yeah, but play it for the people, it's a good It's one. Yeah,
1: club. it was really good, I was I was mowing the lawn thinking, and I heard, or picking up the leaves, and I heard it, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta clip this, because this is, this is what we've been talking about. So I'm gonna play this clip, it's a minute and a half long,
3: or something like that, this is Cover 3
1: podcast,
3: and they were talking about um, Iowa of offense, Spetzer Peters started, he was 9 of 22 for 137 yards before being replaced by Alex Padilla, who really lit things up for the Hawkeyes, going 10 of 15 for 38 yards. <laughs> God. It was, it was a terrible game. Can, I'm ha- can we remember, I'm ha- remember this? Whoever the
1: team is next year, who is complete and total obvious bullshit. The second week of October, and all the haters in the chat are like, why aren't you giving this team any respect? We have eyes. And we have numbers. They were coin flip rex all year, right? And they, they came out on the right side of them. And Penn State's quarterback gets hurt in that game. Otherwise, they're probably not in this game. And they have a really nice defense. It's like a top-five, top-ten type defense. And they have an offense that, thank God for them, that, that Northwestern's in that division, because otherwise... They'd probably be getting a lot more heat for, for like that offense is just not functional, in any way. Like they, they just they choose to run something out of like 1994 and then they don't run it well at all,
3: <laughs> and it looks it looks like garbage because it is. So, just store that away, guys. That's something like I, it's not going to happen. Or at least I really doubt it'll happen. But Kirk Ferrant should maybe look and see like Jim Harbaugh overhauls his staff, wins the Big Ten. Ryan Kelly takes up yoga. Ryan Kelly takes up yoga, gets the LSU job. but no, And then Dave Aranda completely overhauls his philosophy on offense, brings in a new OC, opens things up, wins the Big 12. There is so much about Iowa that is good. The defense is very good. The special teams are outstanding. If they just had an average offense, if they can go 10-3 and 3 like this, scoring 20 points per game, what could they do if they were able to score 30? Did you see um, the introspective like, comment from Dave Aranda when he was talking about
1: Now, extract that out to from the Big Ten and talking about scoring twenty versus thirty, you know, change that to the ACC where it's you know, thirty or forty. Yeah. And what what really hit home for me there is it very much lines up for with NC State, right? Good defense, really good special teams. But if you were just different offensively, you're probably 11-1 right now. You're, right. Probably win- you're probably winning that Miami game. You're probably winning that weight game. Instead of, I don't know, being, oh. I don't want to say traditional, but boring, predictable, vanilla, whatever, however you want to say it. I'm not sure what the right word is, you know, Offensively, we are not dynamic enough. There's no tempo. There's no. There's nothing that is that really is identifier to NC State, right? There's no what is this NC State offense, and I, th- I really think that is that is the one thing that, that I just disagree with how Dave runs this program or how, how, what Dave is doing in this regards. I can get by with everything else. I think everything else is good enough. He's, you know, I'm I, I sure I'd love him to recruit a little bit better, but he's developing guys. He's getting good players. You know, he's doing that kind of thing. But if you're not going to be an elite recruiter, which I understand it's hard to be an elite recruiter here, then you need to be, and God, beating a dead horse because we've talked about this so many times, but you need to be unique offensively. And I very much parallels with that Iowa team, and that's that really struck a chord with me when I heard that.
2: All uh, we've said is just be about ten percent better, and you yeah. would have had a, a completely different season. Because I mean, we were thirty first in the country in scoring, thirty three point one points. Ten percent better, field goal more per game, get you sixteenth, seventeenth, eighteenth in the country, and look back at the games we lost. Right, like We lost by field goals. Who knows like what the game looks like if, if we score a smidge, smidge more on average. And to me, I think a lot of that is, uh, yeah, I, I don't think we're running anything incredibly unique, but at the same time, I think we're also extremely conservative in how we let Devin Leary attack the field. It's, I mean, it's all vertical. I mean, when it goes vertical, it's all... Along the hash, along the sidelines, really limited play after catch potential, yard after catch potential. Um, it works, you know. I'm sure if you ask Dave, he's probably like stoked to be 31st in the country in scoring. Like, I, I don't know if he looks at it and says, "Damn, like we were pretty close to being an elite offense." You know, everyone talks about Virginia; they're 23rd. They average about a point more per game. UNC is 17th. They scored 36 points a game. Wake Forest was fifth in scoring, and they got 41. Now a lot of that's like maybe they create more possessions because their defense. Maybe kind of you know maybe there's some hidden efficiency issues there. But point being, man, we should we should have scored more points this season. And maybe that improves if. The O-line improves. You know, we've got a couple transfers that are targeted. Hopefully we can pull them in. But, yeah, man. It's hard to not look at a season like this and be like, damn, we we're so close. A little bit yeah. better offense maybe gets you one more game. I don't think a little bit more aggression on offense costs you another game. I can't really think yeah. of a game on the schedule where it's like, oh, man, if we had been less aggressive, we would have won there. Yeah. <laughs>
1: right yeah ever yeah i can't think of one in the last three or four years i just yeah i don't know man it's just something i, I think about a lot because it doesn't mean <laughs> i'm addressing this to james henderson this doesn't mean that i am not happy with this season yeah because i know he's gonna text me and am like why are you guys hating on everybody and it's not what i'm saying <laughs> just saying it's okay to You know, think about what could have been, right? And that's the one area I think we could have been a little bit better, a little bit more unique. If we had some Coastal Carolina in us, I think we'd be 11-1 right now. and It would be an entirely different conversation. Instead, we had to watch Pitt do what we should have done to Wake and pound him in the second half.
2: Oh, yeah. Also, Pittsburgh, number three in the country in scoring, by the way. Right. Yeah. I mean, so it looks like scoring points gets you to championships in the ACC. Is what I'm trying to say.
1: Look at the the Alabama Georgia game. Georgia's got the unbelievable defense. You know what beat them? Better offense. Yeah, number four
2: in the country, Alabama.
1: Yeah, (laughs) it's just a better. It's just how football is these days. You have to have the ability to score a lot, right? You have to be aggressive, and you have to keep that's how you put pressure on teams. I, I really believe that's just how this the game has evolved. And
2: yeah, I mean fact fact check me on this, right? Ohio State was number 1 in scoring. Pitts, well, Alabama at number 4. Georgia was number 7. Cincinnati yeah. was number 9. Michigan was number 13. I can't remember who was 5th in the rankings. Can you? Is it Notre Dame?
1: Uh, I believe so. Yeah,
2: and they're 21st in the country. Like, scoring points really matters. And all I'm saying is, right, is like you're you're that close to being exceptional. And maybe that's what the staff will go back and say to themselves is like, oh, man, if we fix the offensive line, we could just unlock everything here. You know, maybe that's what they're telling themselves. So, like, I mean, we'll, we'll see how it kind of plays out. I don't think anyone is saying like, "Oh man, like we're a terrible offense because we hit the metric that you need to hit: score points for the most part that wins." Yeah, you know the defense didn't really leave you hanging very often, and frankly, by the end of the year, you know you got seven, eight starters missing at that point. Like I think the defense was exceptional. So just we're just we're 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 hunting around on the margins for improvement. Um, they can be found. Yeah, I'm sure they can be
3: found. I-
1: that's a good way to say it, yeah. Like, and you know, it's it's not a complete overhaul as what they were suggesting with Iowa and Baylor, but marginal improvements, man. I think you can do that. Like, I think it's okay to 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 talk about that, and that's what we were looking for. And I think if you if state was marginally more aggressive, played with marginally more tempo, I think we could have been a little bit more dynamic. And I'm yeah. not putting this at all on Leary's inability to run, which some people will have you <laughs> believe is the, the problem.
2: It's you it, know? it's still pretty crazy to me that like Wake and Pitt, 68 and 73, so they had like 18 and like 25 more touchdowns than we did. That's insane. Yeah. You know.
1: Just... I don't I – don't, it's funny, man. Watching watching the ACC championship game, I don't know how people see Sam Hart, Hartman and think, man, this guy's awesome. I I think he's okay. I just – I don't see – I don't see it. He makes some terrible throws. He throws a lot of jump balls to his big guys. You know, he's in control of that offense. I get it, but I don't – he doesn't really have the arm. He doesn't – I don't know. And that- just – Watching him in our game was was ugly, and then watching him in this game was also ugly, and I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah.
2: All, I mean, look, the fact of the matter is, like, Kenny Pickett was an NFL quarterback on that field. Sam Hartman was a college quarterback on that field who's in a system that basically gives him almost, I don't know, 70, 80% of the time, like, one-on-one reads to hit. And so he just, yeah, he just throws up jump balls. And when you got a guy who just pushes off like crazy and the league won't call fouls on, you know, At Perry's going to catch a lot of balls and score. And that's what that offense is generated on. Find the one-on-one that your guy with an okay arm can hit. And you know what? He's mobile enough that he can pick up plays with his feet. Can he pick it? Can as well. Can he pick it? Went and just did his thing. Hartman, once again, like... Man, when it goes wrong for him, it really goes wrong. I and mean, what do you have like two or three picks against us? Four picks against yeah. Pitt, four picks against Wisconsin. Who knows if he was knocked if he was um slightly concussed in that Pitt game, you know? He took a couple shots, saw his head hit the ground a couple times. Like I was like, "Damn, that's going to catch up at some point." You know. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. He's got it, a stupid haircut.
1: Kind of he does have a stupid haircut. You know, can kind he, of a random no, tangent. I just was not.
2: No, not no, man. I don't. I mean, the thing is, you're right. I mean, that, but that's the thing, right? It is that's an offense where a system makes people say, "Oh, wow, this guy's incredible." I'm sure most NFL scouts, for example, if that's what you care about, probably looking at Sam Hartman saying, "Good mobility," but like, I don't know. I can't. I have to throw out 90 percent of his tape because. Yeah there are throws that are never going to occur in the NFL. Right.
1: You know, Wakes, Wakes offensive coordinator is on the short list for Nebraska job for Nebraska
2: offensive coordinator job.
1: That'd be interesting to see Nebraska running the slow mesh.
2: What's his, uh, what's his connection? Well, I mean, that makes perfect sense for Nebraska. If I'm being honest, right. Yeah. A system that's going to make it easier on your, what seems to be consistently talent deprived quarterbacks. Like, yeah, I'm sure that guy could get paid a ton of money to bring that out there, and I'm sure it will work. You know, it's gonna work against those plotters out there. They don't have athletes. Yeah, <laughs> it would
1: probably would work. You're right; it probably would work well in the Big Ten.
2: I wish to take them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but um, I mean, I'll get off in a second here. But right, but like, that's where scheme scheme can take you up a notch, and. It's gimmicky, and, you know, maybe people don't like watching it all the time, but it sure worked this year, and um, who knows? if I, I don't know what their situation is next year. I assume somehow Glossom will have, like, 800 seniors again, and, you know, they're going to have some advantages, but I don't know. Just something to consider. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Like,
1: I listened to, I hell, it might have been Cover Three again. Somebody mentioned it in uh, one of the podcasts I was listening to. It said they were just talking about the coaching carousel, and, and it might have been Miami yeah, with Mario taking over. And the theme is, you know, do you want to be good? You, you know, do you want to compete at that next level? Then you have to recruit at that next level. And,. You know, to me, it's either you recruit at that next level, at the elite level, or you coach and scheme at that next level, right? And you you make up for that talent gap. In, you know, in some cases, they have both, where you're you know you're Alabama and you can do both yeah. or whatever. But for for most teams, you you're one or the other, right? You're not you're not doing both. And I just I always felt like we need a little bit more. A little bit more skiing. A little bit more Coastal Carolina in us. I, I really like what they do and I think it'd be interesting to see you know what we, what are what, what the offense would look like with our athletes. That's what I keep saying. Coming back to you. Wow. The other one I wanted to talk about I guess was the conversation lately has been around Dave Dorn and Dave's contract. And all the other coaches are getting raises. And I'm out here saying it's not a good business decision to give Dave more money. Again, that doesn't mean I don't like Dave. I think Dave's done a great job. You know, he's he's done a lot of things well. But one, nobody's coming to get him. So why are we rushing out to give him more money? Just to show more support. He just got an extension and a raise this year in April in April. And so why are we, why are we trying to rush out and give him more money that I, you know, I always come back to, they told us this, this season that we don't have enough money to paint the end zones red. And now you're talking about giving Dave more money so that he's on par with uh, Hugh freeze at Liberty and whoever, any of these other coaches. Like, what does giving him more money do for your program? Give it to the assistants, right? Give, make, give him more money to work with. Like, make the assistant pool bigger. Get more analysts. The, somebody shared in the pod chat yesterday that Billy, the Billy Napier article, he's going to Florida, and they talked about how he's building the support staff at Florida. Billy Napier had 40 analysts at Louisiana, the University of Louisiana, not LSU. Louisiana, forty analysts. I'm going to take a guess and say that we don't have
2: forty analysts, right? Now the question is, like, like were those like high school coaches? Like, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. know how you afford that, is, right? But
1: yeah, the point is, get your support staff. Yeah, right. That is really what's important in. You know, we're talking about scheming and coaching better. That's really part of it. That's a huge part of it. So I'm all for putting more money into the program. I don't think you get anywhere by just giving it to Dave Dorn and saying we're you know, we're showing our support for you. I think that's a stupid move. It's a dumb business decision. Nobody's coming to get him. Maybe next year, and if he has a good year next year, then you say Okay, Dave, you know, if you want to stick around, here's a new contract, you know, a big bump, you had a great year again. You know, you can do all of those things. Doing it now, I think, what happens, hypothetically, if you give him a big raise now, Devin Leary decides to go pro, you're starting a freshman quarterback, or starting a first-time quarterback next year, and you go seven and six. And people are... I rate. Yeah. You know, and you're like, we just gave you a big raise and this is we get 7 and 6? Like it's it's stupid optics. See, it's it's unnecessary.
2: See, I thought that they did the raise in April. They had a good year previously. Before everyone started coming back, next year was supposed to be the big reset year. You're going to be breaking yeah. it you were going to be breaking in like an entire new defense practically. You're going to be losing a You're going to lose a Mecca. You think you might lose other players. All running backs, right? It made sense to extend him, to kind of protect him, give him that buffer, in case next year was a shit show. And, you know, I, I don't know. It is the weirdest thing to me that no one is mentioning him in all of these openings. It is... Sometimes maybe it is great that we're like, not that we're overlooked on the national landscape.
1: Yeah.
2: Because I think he could do pretty well at a lot of these jobs. I'm just, I'm just kind of shocked at this point. You know. It. it, Yeah. I agree. It doesn't make sense. You know, especially when Tennessee and like Mississippi were flirting with him a few years ago. It's like, well, you guys were flirting with him when we were, like, on the verge of collapse. Now he's got this stuff, like, I mean, he just showed you what he did with a crappy quarterback. Now he's showing you what he does with a good quarterback with tons of injuries. Like, this guy's the limit for him next year in theory. No, I mean, we could go 10-2 and two and not win the cha- the ACC next year. Like, I mean, that's, that's the other possibility. But, which, it's. It's still but good. who cares? I mean, it's still a good year. I mean, that's yeah. the thing. Is like, yeah, I want a division title more than anything. I want a conference championship more than anything. But I think we've been pretty clear. Like, we just want the floor to be elevated and the floor to be elevated. floor to be elevated, it'll take care of itself. And he, in my opinion, has done that because he's basically averaging over eight wins right now i'm sure if he gets a 10th win here it'll make the magical five-year average line up to what people want it to be but i've seen enough with what he's done with questionable teams with good schedules i've seen what he's done with good teams with a terrible quarterback and good teams with a good quarterback this guy can at least get us nine wins consistently in my opinion he's got something working i'd like to see him just make a few tweaks i think he can get even further so yeah, I would pay the staff right now. The staff are making that happen. I think if you talk to Dave, I don't think Dave cares. Like once you're making a certain amount of money, it doesn't really matter anymore. Like going and from the
1: reason people okay. sorry the reason people keep saying paying him is well he's underpaid compared to his peers. Well, just because other idiots ads are yeah. out there throwing money at guys like this doesn't mean that you should. It doesn't, that's not how you run a business. Yeah. I And I I just don't get it. I I don't get that mentality.
2: I guarantee a few, a lot of these, I mean, we don't have oil, oil bearing money. A lot of places don't, not everyone has rocket mortgage there to back them up, you know, to, to, to backfill them. Right. Like COVID hit a lot of universities pretty hard. And I feel like they went through a, a belt tightening and they said, Oh, we got money again. And they immediately started acting like idiots. Now, that said, Gibson deserves a freaking raise. Give the guy a raise. As long as you can have him. Because you won't have him for long. If you bump him up to, uh, whatever, name it. 1.2 million? I don't even know where he's at right now. 800, I think, is where he was?
1: Something like that, yeah.
2: Raise him up into the ones. He's probably going to be gone in a year or two. He's either going to be a head coach somewhere, or just someone's going to come with a massive deal. At that point, you say hey, man, I'm glad you did great work here. Go get paid because we can't afford that. Or we're going to find the money because there's ways to find money. But I I don't know, man. I don't want to pay a head coach $8 million a season. I don't think... We have got... Oh, sorry.
1: No, I was just going to say, you're right. Yeah, we've got so much other stuff to fix and improve and needs. We've got a scoreboard with a giant (laughs) panel out in the middle of it, right? I mean, it's we've got a lot of things that need to be improved. And people are out there talking about throwing money at Dave Doran's the best thing.
2: There, There is a... I don't get that. There is, in my opinion, an extremely limited return the more you spend on head coaches. It's everything behind them. That's where the money needs to go. And I think a smart guy like Doran if he wants to stay here for a long time, would say, you don't have to bump me up too much. Just I, we gotta, we got to take care of inflation. But get these guys. These guys are the ones that are all doing the work behind me. He's just the CEO. And he's not so special as a CEO that you have to be worried about someone coming and be like, I'm going to give you $10 million to come coach somewhere. Now, I might fire you in two years, Dave. you cool with that? I don't know. That's a question you need to have answered but you know you don't have to back it up to him
1: yeah i and i don't i don't get understand that people are people think that you need to right now it just it doesn't make sense there's just so many other needs and and it's not a knock on dave right there's these things can be true like he's getting paid well it's maybe not stupid money like the rest of the 80s but i'm sure he's not starving
2: He's also been paid, he's been, he's been paid a good amount of money for, what, nine seasons now? Like, yeah. a lot of other coaches may get that flash in the pan of more money for three years, and then they're knocked back down to a, a, a coordinator somewhere. This guy's been raking it in. It'd be interesting to see the uh, lifetime earnings of Dave Doran versus peers during the same nine, ten-year window. I bet he's doing pretty yeah. well. And I bet he does not care. He does not strike me as the kind of guy that lives, like, ostentatiously. hope that's the right word. Like...
1: Yeah. No, he doesn't. I, I know where... I've seen his house. I know where... You know, I mean, it's on the golf course. I know where he lives. It's it's nice. It's not anything over the top. It's what you expect from Dave Dorn, right? He's He's... He's a dude. He's... I mean, it's... I don't know. Like, I just... I, I don't know, man. It, it comes. It keeps coming back to me like it's just not a. It's not a smart business decision when there's so much other stuff that needs to be happening. And he is not like. Who are you worried about coming to get him?
2: Put it you like know? this: a, a million dollars more for Dave, or a million dollars more for support staff around Dave. What do you think gets another win?
1: Right. And Give me the staff. Hundred like, percent. Yeah. Like, what – and that's what I – would like to, you know, we asked this maybe in the beginning of the season. What what does Dave need, right? What does he want? And I I would get – I would bet that more money isn't top of his list. Like, it may be personally, maybe his agent's out there trying to get him more money. Well,
2: that may just
1: – But he I'm, just I'm, I'm sure – trying get that if
2: agent you, more money, if you think about it.
1: Yeah, that too. Right. But I'm sure if you ask him, he'll be like, yeah, you know, I'd like to get my assistants more money or I'd like to get – you know, better facility here, or you know, a slide, or I don't, I don't know, <laughs> like any of these things. You know, I'm sure there's some stuff that he wants more analysts, more people to help, more recruiting staff, all these things that are important now that the game has changed in that regard, right? It's like NIL and recruiting is different, and you need more support. And so I think there's a better a better way to spend that money than just blindly throwing it at the head coach. That's, you know, that's been my argument. People are like, well, I'll just pay him every, you know, Hugh Freeze is getting $5 million. I don't care. Again, I don't care. I mean,
2: there's going to be certain unique situations out there where there's a boatload yeah. of money at a place where you don't think there should be a boatload of money and they want to go burn it on a guy. I mean, what did Hugh Fee- Freeze even do this year? What was his record? Like, Seven five right. or something maybe. you know look at what Texas just spent for uh for Sark and they went what five and seven you know like sometimes yeah. the market is stupid and it's okay to sit back and say this is really stupid it's not it's not sustainable so we'll kick back here and wait and if Dave Doran gets hired away I bet there's a lot of good coaches out there that you could go pick up for the, the exact same salary. You know, there's a lot of hungry dudes at the level below that will be just happy to come play in the ACC and take over a program where Dave Dorans won nine or ten wins for the last three or four years. It's an easy sale. I, just, I mean, people worry about the wrong stuff. Like, we should be more worried about, like, the NIL arms race than we are about coach pay
1: yeah I agree I just I don't know I I want somebody to explain that to me like why this is a good reason and articulate it in a way that makes sense other than well everybody else is getting paid because that doesn't do it for me so yeah that's one of the things I wanted to talk about because I think it's it's weird it's a weird the coaching cycle has been weird and then now having this conversation about giving Dave more money like performance. Everybody's like, well, he had a good year. Okay. He's got bonuses built into his contract. You have, per, you have performance incentives for this reason, right? You have, you know, he gets this win. He gets $150,000. All these like, why are you, why else? Why do you have contracts? If you your, your actual incentive is actually to reward him with another contract. Why do you even put performance incentives in there? I, I don't know. I don't understand that.
2: So, you know, we have faith in, you. <laughs> we have faith in you, but we don't really have faith in you is what I always like in those two. And, uh, yeah. then they can say his max value or his max contract is worth X. And then you look at and you say, Oh, well 40% of it is bonuses. So whatever. That's the managing budgets and getting around it. There's, there, that's a that's as much probably a game being played with budgets and um, maybe some kind of like you know approval processes internally, yeah. right? Um, well, what is this? I Oi. whoa, hold on, sorry, I just saw that. Not only is Valdarius Payne one of our former guys we were really after in the portal from Nebraska, but someone just said Jameis Griffin is entering the portal.
1: Jemias Griffin. Georgia Tech could never get on the field is now in the portal.
2: And then someone wrote, oh man if Austin Blaski enters the portal and then another person said, that would be a triple play. <laughs> 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 Shout out to Grill Out on IPS. That was good.
1: <laughs> that, is, that is good, yeah. yeah. Jemias Griffin into the portal uh, a little while ago. They were talking about the pod chat. I think he had Five carries for twenty-three yards, or something like that. Seven carries for seventeen yards, whatever. Well,
2: that dude burned as many bridges as possible on the way out, so uh, not happening. Yeah,
1: the the other guy in the portal, or the other guy soon to be in the portal, is the one is the one we really want. Um, I forgot where I was was going with that, but yeah. Speaking
2: of the portal, I don't know. Do we want to talk about we're like? way over on scholarship numbers. So expect portal numbers to surge with NC state guys, but don't take it the wrong way fans.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're 10 over, right? I mean, that's essentially what it, what it comes down to. We have a scholarship chart on the site. If you want to go check it out, red white network.com slash scholarship dash chart. And it shows you exactly who's there. Uh, who's, you know what positions, etc. We have a bazillion tight ends and wide receivers. And I went through the other day and kind of, I don't know, freed up some space. <laughs> I took my highlighter and marked out who I thought, what, you know, what was going to happen. I put it in the the pod chat. I don't know if I can find it, but yeah, Mario Love entered the portal. It was our first guy. We were one of the last schools to have somebody enter, and. Like he tweeted out, I just want to play. And I get it, right? Just, you know, if you're not going to get on the field without everybody returning, guys like that are going to leave. And he was important to the recruiting class where he held everybody together. Or, you know, got that recruiting class going, got the excitement and and all that stuff. So, you know, you have a kind of a glue guy leaving, but guys just want to go play. And you're going to see some other guys leave too. Some that... Got a lot of playing time this year, right? I think you'll see some guys go pro, some transfer. I just There's just not much space. And the NCAA really needs to up the allowance, right? They only extended the COVID year for last year, which is stupid. You need to let this, these classes work their way through so that, you know, it should, there's going to be three more years of this problem.
2: Yeah. I would have, if I had been the NCAA, if I had a backbone, I would have extended it by either five scholarships or ten. And every year it would reduce by one or two. And then you'd have five years to work this problem out slowly and right-size your rosters. It would give people an opportunity, but instead of doing what was best for the athletes and allowing them to stay on scholarship longer at places, the NCAA is more happy to see them get booted into the portal and either never find a home or go down seriously multiple levels in order to find a place. Um, you know, I I just don't understand why we have an NCAA at this point. It's, it's, it's clearly not designed to help athletes anymore. Um,
1: yeah, I just think it's stupid. There's Uh, a ton of guys in the portal, (laughs) like a ton of guys in the portal. It's wild.
2: I mean, and that begs the question, right? If, if, If NC State was maybe more uh, on top of its stuff as far as NIL and maybe had, like, reached out to certain people and somehow figured out a way to gen up, I don't know, like $400,000. They could have taken 10 guys that are, quote, unquote, on scholarship right now and said, hey, you have to be walk-ons. But if you stay on as a walk-on here, you'll get $40,000 in special scholarship funds from our NIL deals. You know what? Like there's ways around this problem. And if state was a little bit more creative in that department, maybe we wouldn't be facing this, this kind of surge that's going to come at some point. It'll either be, I guess, I don't think it technically has to happen before signing day. Um, So I guess we could have early signing day. We'll be 10 over, go to a bowl. Guys will figure out, Oh, Hey, I'm not playing in the bowl. And then they'll bounce, is my guess. If they don't do so beforehand. Yeah, but there transition.
1: One of the ones we talking about we we're talking about in the in the pod chat. I wanted to I wanted to ask you this question. Chris Dunn walked on senior day, so now we have. We we don't know if he's coming back. I think his, uh, he's probably leaning coming back. But now you have two scholarship kickers on your roster, which is not something that most schools do, especially when roster numbers are tight. Do you do you encourage Chris Dunn to come back and I don't know, possibly lose Ian Williams or you know at least have two kickers on scholarship? Or do you say, you know, we're, we're going to roll with this new guy and four years of him, very much the Russell and um, the, uh, gl- I will Glennon take debate. the
2: Russell in this situation um, every day. I know Chris Dunn can hit a lot of field goals. I feel like we, for some reason, put him in extremely difficult situations more than he needed to be this year. Um, I'd take Chris Dunn every time. I don't know... If Ian is clutch, I don't know if he can make field goals. I don't know how accurate he is. I don't know how far he can kick the ball and whatever. If he doesn't want to stick around and be the kickoff guy while Dunn is kicking field goals, then like I'll take field I'll take Chris Dunn every day. Um, I'm not taking I'm not getting rid of the guy who's got the record. And has shown me most of the time he's very, very good. So I don't know, man. In the age of the portal, man, you can go get a kicker.
1: It's probably true. And I don't mean this knock undone, but he hadn't been great this year. Like 70% or something like that. And then I have zero faith in him over.
2: Four or five of those were like over 50 where we knew he can't kick them. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, there were kicks where you have to say, like, the analytics, if you know your guy and your team, says do not bother trying to kick this. Like, okay, it's at the end of the half, so it's not going to penalize you. Okay, that happened two or three times. But I don't know. I mean, I feel like we put him in worse spots multiple times this year. And I don't know. He's It's not often you see a guy, like, Let's call it. Let's call what it is. Like screw up against Clemson and miss what three field goals, and then come back the next couple weeks and just bang them, and say, "Oh, I figured out what was wrong and I fixed it," and just went and hit them. Like, quit making the guy who clearly had some injury and surgery work or whatever happened in the off season. Quit making him run out there and try to kick fifty yarders with or without the wind. It's just stupid. You know?
1: Yeah. Uh, It's probably the smart move. I just don't know. I don't know what's going to happen in that regard. Maybe they'll carry two kickers. I mean, you're going to
2: have to get rid of another guy then.
1: Well, uh, we might have mentioned it before, but PFF just pushed it again. Oh, no. Bam Knight just retweeted it. Sorry, it's the same article. Bam Knight's top 100 draft prospect. He just, he just retweeted it. And then uh, Travion Cooley is commenting on it. <laughs> so,
2: like, I don't think it's poor taste to comment on this stuff openly. Um, Ricky and Bam should go. If it was me and Thayer gets any kind of positive vibe from the NFL, Thayer should go. Icky should go. I'm surprised he hasn't announced. If he wants to come back, it's awesome. But, like, what I'm saying is, like, these people should go. Right? Yeah. At least two tight ends need Great. to get off scholarship. Like, Andrew Jane, why do you... I don't know why he's here. He didn't do anything this year. I don't know why we have two twins playing tight end. I hope they split them. You know, but... That's what, six? And then... Yeah. We've already got Mario Love gone, seven. Finley, Finley I think, like, probably should leave. That the- if he hasn't done so already, like... You know, it, you can get there. Probably one of the offensive linemen. <laughs> you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, we need a bunch of offensive linemen in the portal, I think. I don't know what the young guys we have are going to do or if they're going to be ready. But I feel like, I don't know. That's That, would, that would be my portal. priority, right? I mean... I saw that. Matt McKay back in the portal. All right, so you think NC State fans get a bad rap for being toxic and whatever else, go read the replies oh to Matt gosh. McKay's portal announcement. Freaking Montana State people are savage. Right? It's it's everywhere. It's not they're, anything unique to us. There's
2: they're idiots jerks everywhere.
1: They were I mean those some of those comments were hey, like, holy. If you cow. get
2: benched and it's um, portal happy season, like where this is your yeah. chance to go find another landing spot real quick. Uh, please, respect my decision. <laughs> like Right? Uh, yeah. I hope he takes a preferred walk-on spot at NC State. I hope they say, we'll let go of Finley, Oof. and we'll bring back Matty Ice to just oh, be the God. emergency, emergency, emergency. Yeah. scout
1: team guy, right? That was his Why not? And then deal. if something I, I mean, if something insane
2: happened and you're like, oh man, we gotta try out the guy who's really good at protecting the ball. Like, with this defense, if you had the if you had the not seven starters down defense and tried Matt McKay out the season, you probably won at least seven games in my guess, is my guess. So I would yeah, I would love for him to be like, I'm out of here, I'm coming back. It would be great. I would love it. I'd feel so vindicated.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of out of here, Brett Venables is now the head coach at Oklahoma. Not sad. Rumors that Clemson's off athletic director is also out going to my. It's kind of weird. Supposedly.
2: Like, How well, so? you didn't get to pick the football coach, and no one gives a crap about. Basketball there, so what are you really doing there? Do you not want to be the guy that fires Dabo? Yeah, is that why he's leaving? Boom, boom, boom. It just seems kind of a weird move. Yeah,
1: Clemson. Clemson fans are equally on the, the crazy train. They went, what oh, they go nine and three this year, and people are berserk with.
3: I, I mean,
2: it really just feels like if they had uh, recruited a little bit better offensive line and slot receiver, they would have probably at least had ten wins. Like, yeah, I don't know. Just kind of a kind of a weird vibe. It just feel. I mean, it would be interesting to see what happens, especially if Tony Elliott leaves. I don't know. Does like Jeff Scott come back from USF? Maybe I don't know. The. Can he really hit hit it out of the park that many times? Like, Venables was clearly a special know, man. defensive coordinator and able to process yeah. information extremely fast and steal signals extremely quickly, and then get that information to his players. You know, be really interesting to see what happens. Everyone's always said like Davo, hey man, Davo's. Only so good because of his coordinators. If he gets this wrong, even slightly, you know, then are they just a nine and ten win team? Are they just? Are they much less of a juggernaut unless they get a an an elite elite quarterback every time?
1: Venables coached in eight national title
2: games. (laughs) I was like, holy, yeah. Well, wait, eight eight national title games. Oh, what, when he was at Oklahoma? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, I was yeah. like, man, how many did Clemson have? And
1: Clemson. Six, six at Clemson, two at Oklahoma, I think. Wait,
2: Clemson was in six national titles? Yeah.
1: Well, I think that's what it was. Six playoff? It's got to be something like that. That's what the number that I heard was. Yeah. They've been on a roll. Yeah. <laughs> They've been pretty good. But starting to see some, some chinks in the armor, right? I mean, starting to see that. Venable's leaving. Tony Elliott being mentioned with some jobs. Jeff Scott's already gone. I'm curious. I'm curious what this does for Clemson. It's
2: hard to maintain that elite edge for so long. I thought Cover Three had an interesting comment about how basically their hit rate on their players being absolute studs. And being the equivalent of, like, Alabama recruits without necessarily being Alabama recruits was borderline unsustainable. And you finally saw a year where they didn't quite hit it. And everyone could kind of take their shots at them. Um, I don't know. Like, do you think, you know, he was innovative and brought in um, Chad Morris, right? It's not mm-hmm. like it's out of the question that he pulls a fast one and, and brings in like some kind of elite offensive mind. Um, what? Joe
1: Brady?
3: How about this one?
2: Kevin Kelly. Wait, where's Kevin Kelly?
1: He just he just quit. Oh my god! Virginia no, head, no, he, he's
2: <laughs> not. Well, wait. When it's he brought in, s- in when he brought in it's Chad Morris, in was he coming kind of straight out of high school at that point? No, he was at Arkansas State, right? I yeah. I'll yeah, think
1: he was at I mean, I,
2: I would look yeah. for him to do something like that and bring in, you know, <laughs> someone to juice his offense back up. Um, and maybe that's why Elliot's leaving. Maybe he yeah. told him, he's like, hey, man, we can't run the same thing anymore, and that's all you know, so go get a head coaching job before I have to fire you. And maybe that's why he's looking at Duke or somewhere like that. I can, you know.
3: <laughs> and maybe that's
2: why Radakovich or whatever – you know, is bolting too, doesn't wanna to have to deal with any of that stuff any more blowback. But you know, I don't know. It's gonna be amazing when Mario Cristobal lands in Miami and after two seasons has like the same record as Manny Diaz because that time is just gone.
1: Mario Mario Cristobal who got fired from right? FIU.
2: <laughs> like, I don't think Okay, yeah, they beat Ohio State this year. But I don't know i don't quite see what's so special about mario cristobal i hope it works out
1: he's he's recruiter right and that's that's what they're banking on that he's gonna come in and revitalize (sighs) that recruiting
2: why would that matter man alabama is still gonna walk in there and get their recruits lsu's gonna walk in there and get recruits florida's getting recruits florida state will get recruits Miami ain't Miami anymore. So how is it he's going to fish better but that's... in that pool than being at Oregon, having a national brand equally, and only having to contend with USC?
1: He doesn't have to go anywhere. Like, Oregon, you're still yeah. going into California. Miami is the... – and that's what I, that's what Ever, all the national guys are saying today is that this – if he recruits the same level he did at Oregon, he's going to hurt Alabama, LSU, Florida, because they're going to have less success recruiting there because he is that good of a recruiter in that area. So I think that is going to be the storyline to watch. And I think it's great for the ACC because the Coastal needs somebody that can, you know, win or be good and like just bring the level of play up. Yeah. Right. And I just. I'm I'm here for it. I think it's it's exciting. I think, you know, they're dumping a ton of money into it. Yeah, they're giving a lot to to Mario, but they're also they're planning on building a on-campus stadium. Apparently, there's a high school stadium nearby they want to tear down oh, yeah. and yeah. put up.
2: <laughs> I heard that today. I mean, look, this is okay. This yeah. is setting up for what you need to happen. Okay, you need Miami to get serious. You need the ACC to say we're scrapping divisions. Divisions. And you need Notre Dame to say, well, here we are again with a pretty darn good record. We're out of the playoffs. And unless there's an expansion that kind of plays into their their favor, they need to join a conference. Yeah. And we can, you know, rewrite our deal, all that jazz. Right? There's, I mean, it's not, you know, I don't know what Jim Phillips is doing. Like, I know there was all this kind of scuttlebutt before the season about him saying that, hey, or indicating that we were going to scrap divisions. Increase to nine games at least, and you know improve the product. I cannot imagine another year where they say it's totally okay for the coastal to be breaking in what five new head coaches. Four was it four? UVA. It's well. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Let's see. UVA, Duke, Miami. Virginia Tech. Tech. Jeff Collins should be fired. Yeah, four Jeff Collins. Right? That's that's four new coaches, a coach that's clearly going to get fired next year. And then, good God, who else is there? Pittsburgh is fine. That's six. Is that all our guys? Yeah.
1: That's it. Yeah, somebody tweeted, my man, um, Jeff. From talking ACC sports, this out. he said it earlier today. The Atlantic Coast, the ACC Coastal, will have four new coaches: a coach with a national title, and another with an ACC title, and Jeff Collins. <laughs> and that made me laugh. Like he's a Georgia Tech fan, and they all hate Jeff Collins. Georgia Tech is losing everybody.
2: Well,
3: like he just picked Gibbs up what like, Two lanes schedule- Coordinator.
2: Not a good sign for a team yeah. that used to be a triple option I'm... to be picking up someone with triple option <laughs> stuff. stuff. Like, not a good sign, Georgia Tech. Damn.
1: Florida basketball just lost to Texas Southern. Or maybe they're losing to a <laughs> 0-7 Texas yeah, Southern. That's, that's,
2: that's wild. The, um, we don't it talk basketball. basketball. This is still a football podcast. Um, I guess what I'm saying is, like, Jim Phillips should say... We can't have one half of the conference super committed to football and actually delivering on it, and the other half being a complete train wreck. It's why people say the ACC brand is so bad. Blah blah blah. It's you know you just have Mac you have Mac Brown over there, and he's thrown away the best quarterback they've ever had. Like. Missed opportunities to elevate this league. There's no way you can risk having... Going into playoff weekend, as we just saw again, the SEC gets rewarded with this bullshit every year. You can't have a bad conference and two teams going into the title game where only one has a legitimate shot at getting the playoff. The year we had Notre Dame in there, we got both Notre Dame and Clemson in there. Like... It should be clear. This league should be putting the two best teams in the division forward and not risking whatever the hell happens next year. Like, what are you doing, Jim Phillips? Yeah. Jim Phillips is about as quiet as Boo Oregon is.
1: <laughs> he, was on the, least he was on the sidelines. um. Uh, ACC Championship. Dabo, was that some Raiders
2: and... game or with yeah, the Raiders yeah. coach? I can't remember where he was recently. Yeah, he was at... Was um it? I don't know what he was watching out there.
1: Gruden's probably showing <laughs> how to delete his emails.
2: I saw someone said, see, Dabo <laughs> doesn't even know how the fucking transfer portal works. He's talking to NFL players thinking they can come there. Um, I just... I don't mind if you're quiet. You're carrying a big stick, but I need to see that stick hit something at some point. And yeah, I mean, at this point, I've just like, just, I've, I've given up hope that Boo Corgan does anything. I don't know what, I don't know what we're paying for.
1: Yeah. That's another topic for another day. I've been vocal lately about him. I don't know if I want to, no, that's fine. That at the moment, but. We've
2: been going about an hour and fifteen minutes. Evan, do we want to pause? Do You want yeah. to give me a break since I'm, you yeah. know, still recovering from my wedding.
1: <laughs> Last thing, basketball. Not a great finish to the end of the Louisville game. I, I don't know. Inexperience. Cam Hayes took a bad shot. Jericho Hellum should know better. Airball the pull-up jumper with ten seconds on the shot clock. I'm still not ready to talk about it. I'm watching basketball. I just I'm still in football football mode. And
2: Nebraska game was good though. Yeah,
1: that's that Nebraska game was wild, man. That was really really insane. Darian Seabron again. I've said it all year. He's worth the price of admission. You don't get to see a guy like that very often. So if you get a chance, go to go to the game and just watch Darian Seabron. He's awesome. He is so good.
2: Yeah, could you so, imagine
1: playing yeah. horse with these guys? I mean, I I'd beat Darren Sebron on a horse as long as he couldn't dunk well, the ball. That's why you'd lose. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> <laughs> when you get out here shooting if, if he if he gets a give him another year, if he can if he can really refine and his shot's not bad, he's a really good free throw shooter, so I know he's got it in him. But if he can re- refine that deep ball jumper Oh boy. Evan, if I told you you March had to out.
2: pay five hundred dollars to play horse with the NC State basketball team, would you do it? Like, no. If I gave if you that, I opportunity to. Said, hey, you could? want to play horse with the basketball team? It's five hundred bucks. How many? Yeah. How many people think you'd do yeah. that? That'd be I'm fun. Just, just taking a quick swag at how much I think we could just raise.
1: I don't know. You could probably get at least two hundred people some at some point. Yeah, exactly. At some
2: point. Yeah. Just a little food for thought.
1: <laughs> uh all right, I think that's all I got. I know there's some more stuff we hadn't talked about. Damn coaching carousel's been insane. I just wanted to talk about mainly Dave paying him and then uh the ball game. Yeah. The one other thing I Look did pull up was I know, I know, I know. I had it up and I keep scrolling away from it and I keep forgetting. But I wanted to, I just wanted to read it, right? Tom Fornelli, who I think, you know, we rave right about the cover three. They do a good job covering everybody. Tom Fornelli put out his bowl preview thing. He ranked them all the bowls and he had the Holiday Bowl, State vs. is number eight. But his description of us, I thought was, was spot on. Have you ever really liked a band or musician that few other people knew existed? You always talk them up in conversations with friends, even some strangers, trying to spread the good word. But it never makes a difference, and that band continues to toil in inhumane. In That's how I feel about NC State sometimes. The so Wolfpack are nine and three. Have gone thirty nine twenty three over the last five s- seasons, but rarely garner any attention. A win here against UCLA will give NC State its first ten win season since they went eleven and three in two thousand two with Phillip Rivers. Devin Leary isn't quite Rivers, but he's been outstanding this year. He's already broken Rivers' single season. Mark for touchdown passes. Leary's name could be all over NC State's record books when he leaves. It's not like NC State hasn't produced plenty of NFL quarterbacks in its time. Just, it was a great analogy, and I texted it to one of my tailgate buddies who's a, one of those music guys. And he's like, yeah, that's perfect. That's exactly us. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that was, that was really well said. Yeah. I, yeah, I thought that
2: was pretty good.
1: Yeah, and then we do have um, – Ed from LA, hang on, almost forgot.
0: Hey guys, uh, Ed from You Nowhere. Know Just wanted to wish you all a very happy holiday season. Hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, Will, I hear you're about to tie the knot. Congratulations to you and yours uh, on your nuptials. Um, hope that all goes well and it's a big success. Anyway, um, I see NC State is going to play UCLA in the Holiday Bowl. <laughs> 75% of that crowd is going to be uh, pro Bruins. Um, my wife is a Bruin, and half of my in-laws, or outlaws, whatever you want to call them, are Bruins. Can we get all of our players to please play this game? Can we get all of our stars to please take a goddamn interest in winning this game and beating the Bruins, for Christ's sake? That would be really, really helpful to recruits and to the program. Let's beat the Bruins. Come on, goddammit. Let's beat UCLA in this game, Okay. Go pack.
2: I thought.
0: I love it. Ed's yeah, I thought he was just going to say so he here. could tell his in-laws mean, or whatever to shut
2: up. But wait, Ed brought it right back to the team. My man. Get us some of those frequent flyer miles, Ed. I love it.
1: <laughs> right? Oh, that's so good. Uh, I The one thing I wanted to mention about the 10 win season and why it's important. I, I didn't. I found this out earlier in the year after, or not earlier in the year. A couple weeks ago, whenever Mississippi State won the Egg Bowl, or Mississippi won the Egg Bowl, and Mississippi won ten games for the first time ever—ten regular season games—they've gotten they've gotten it with the bowl game, or whatever. But that was their first year winning ten games in the regular season. And I was like, "That's wild!" Because you you think a school like Mississippi would have, or Ole Miss would have more success yeah. in that regard, but. That's why it's a big deal, man. It's a big deal for us to get that 10th win. So, anyway.
2: Just wanted, to, yeah. wanted to share sure uh, Man, quit trying to extend this. <laughs> Agreed. 100%. We'll talk about it next week because we've been talking about yeah, 10 wins all season because we predicted it. And in a month, we will be right. That's okay. right. I need it. I need it. Yeah.
1: Anyway, that's all I got this week. We'll be back later on, and I swear we'll talk start talking basketball. We got to. So yeah. Go pack. Always, go pack. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting the site for all these years. Support the podcast. Y'all are great. Appreciate it. Later. I was raised by the raises. I was raised by